But if you are listening to this right now and you have a challenge in that you are listening to podcasts and you're growing and you're studying and you're, you're online and you're reading books and your partner isn't, it is just a ticking, I'm going to finish my sentence with this, it's a ticking time bomb. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe and you're listening to the Growth Tribes podcast with Dr. Rowe and Harms. This is the podcast where two completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to develop and record these podcasts is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope, our genuine sincere hope, that by the end of each of these episodes, you'll have gained at least one insight that you can take away and apply directly into your own life. Practical tools, voices that come in from both generations, the younger generation with tips and tools and the older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience so that you can help unlock your true potential to give the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level and to give you a chance to impact both your lives and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. Welcome to the Growth Tribes podcast. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Growth Tribes podcast. And today we're talking about relationships. Now that's the macro topic, but getting more specific with this, we're talking about couples that either grow and develop together or they don't grow and develop together. And what are the results of either one of these scenarios? So Ro may not be aware of this, but you know, around my age group, we're very much uh, there was a couple of years ago, what feels like a phrase which was thrown out and many couples would, with their super fit bodies, put themselves on social media or whatever. And the phrase or the hashtag would be couples that train together, stay together. And this is one of those classic cliches. But as we know, with cliches, there's a ring of truth to them. Because if we look at this example, couples that train together, stay together, the training here, the exercise is a form of growth and development. So although it became a bit of a joke and it's a laugh, and actually the people typically laughing at this are the people that don't train together, ironically. But the fact is it is possible and it is worth digging deeper because there's truth to this. And it translates into different areas of growth, which is less tangible to the naked eye. Whereas there we can see the end results of two couples that have, whether it's cycled together, exercise, weight lifted, whatever. But the discussion I want to have with Roe, because Roe, your experience in this field is massive. And we're talking about experience in terms of coaching couples as part of relationships. You've taught couples as part of these large relationship events. You've coached couples through big educational decisions, whether it's financial, whether it's a change in career path. But the big thing, I guess, if we underline a hypothesis is the opposite happens when couples don't grow together. Where couples grow together, they will stay and remain together and they will develop and have these amazing relationships, which often people can see via social media. But if they don't, the opposite can happen. They can drift apart, possibly split. But I want to hand over to Ro and ask Ro the question, which is, is this something you agree with Ro? Have you observed this? Especially since you've coached all those people like I've described and maybe talking to the space of what is your experience with couples in relationships 
because without a doubt I am underplaying this and I personally have not attended your relationship event so I hope that will definitely reappear in the future so Ro over to you. <laughs> Thanks Harms. Um, first of all stop the press stop the press the pause button if you've got a partner that is not listening to this I would highly recommend you get them to listen to this now and even persuade them to listen to the first five to ten minutes of this because this is going to be a seriously hot potentially provocative subject and it is one that and you've put your finger on it harms i mean in the last 30 something years i've been in front of people i cannot tell you how heart-wrenching it is sometimes to see people who genuinely previously have fallen in love and want to stay together and have wanted to stay together but because of this one subject that you've raised which is they're not growing together things have changed and that the relationship is just not how it was when they first met remember physically they will always grow together they will age emotionally they may or may not grow together emotional development is very different so we can physically age and, and we can age with time spiritually that's another subject that we could talk about maybe but the key thing here the point i want to make is that if you're a couple and you're listening to this and you're facing loggerheads right now because one of you wants to grow and the other one doesn't it is a matter of time before this becomes one of the key underlying reasons why this relationship may not last. So it's a major subject, Harms, and I can't stress. I mean, if you if you said to me, well, what kind of age groups have you had this experience with? Typically, the ages that of the people I've seen are everything from teenagers that I've worked with over in the past right through to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. But the teenagers tend not to experience it in the same emotional way. Even people in their 20s tend not to experience it in the same emotional way. But when they hit your age group, the 30s and above, that's when the magnifying glass comes out on this subject. And depending on their tolerance levels, depending on how connected they are physically, sexually, intimately, the length and the protraction of that experience, in other words, how long the pain can be sustained by one of the partners before they just go, fuck, I had enough now, that will vary. So <laughs> it might sound like I'm being dramatic, <laughs> but if you are listening to this right now and you have a challenge in that you are listening to podcasts and you're growing and you're studying, and you're, you're online and you're reading books and your partner isn't, it is just a ticking, I'm going to finish my sentence with this, it's a ticking time bomb. Over to you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. I've worked with so yeah. many couples. So I've had to pull back and uh, and hopefully I'll ask questions that provoke some of the learnings I've had from this. But we're, we're laughing in a sense that I want you to sit up as a listener and go, okay, I kind of relate to this or you've seen it in somebody else and maybe pass this on to somebody else. But it is a serious subject. And I'm glad it's one that you know we've both picked up today and, and well done for raising it. Yeah, Ro, and one of the things that I want to leave listeners with by the end of this is, like every single Growth Tribes podcast, is yes, we're going to talk you through the struggle, things that we observe, things that we've seen from from two different viewpoints. But one is by leveraging Ro's experience you've had with couples in different fields. But by the end of it, there's a solution, there's a way forward, because what we're not saying, Ro, and I've heard you say this in the past is, you know, what something which really hooked me is on stage you said to couples who are in a position where technically the things that we're talking about today is what's really affected them is you will not give up on their relationship and you telling them we will not give up on your relationship on any relationship until we work through the process can you just talk to that space 
briefly because that was that stuck with me the fact that there's two people here sitting with you who are very ready to give up on their relationship but you're sitting there think saying to them directly we are not going to be giving up on your relationship that is not our primary objective yeah that that's a great observation and and actually you witnessed that with a couple who were literally living apart uh, if if i remember at the very last day of a turning point some years ago now um look it's slightly more different for say you and I turning up into somebody's situation. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, but you don't understand guys, I'm at the end of my tether. I've been in and out of this same conversation with my partner. Maybe we can go through the stage on this a little bit later in this podcast, but I'm at the end of my tether. And so you might think there's a solution, but I don't see a solution. And often when we're in the shit, if we're in the pain, we're right alongside the elephant, all we can see is gray. And many years ago, I learned a simple phrase, you know, sometimes you can be too close to the elephant, all you can see is gray. And by stepping back from the elephant, you suddenly realize, oh, it's actually an elephant. And there's an ear, there's a foot, all I can see is gray before that. That's what happens when we're too close to the pain. Somebody like myself that comes in with my approach, it would be, first of all, the question is, do you still love each other? And in many cases, people actually still do. They're in love. They've just reached a point where they cannot tolerate a certain aspect of each other's behavior. And it's separating the behavior versus the biological, the physiological, the sexual, the intimate, the emotional, the spiritual connection that may still be there between the two of them. And that might have been what's been holding them together. So there's in me, there's this innate feeling that everybody has a chance to work on it. And I can't, when I'm in front of them, they come to me and ask me the question. I can't allow that place to slip. I have to hold that space with them and then go into deep questions. And the questions are often the questions that they haven't been able to ask each other, haven't had the tools to ask each other, or the space has not been right for it. So I have to, as you saw, I think if I'm from memory about three or four years ago, when we did this on stage, they lit, there's a couple that literally couldn't look at each other. They sat opposite sides of the stage in different directions. Do you remember that? I remember Uh, that. It was on the last day. So what I did was I got them to start in one place and talk individually about their circumstances. Maybe we can do this as part of the the session tonight in the wrap up as we're recording this and then slowly got them physiologically to come round, face each other. And then I started to ask the questions on behalf of each other and that opened up the conversation. So if you're listening to this and you feel that you don't understand, I think I've outgrown my partner. There's just no chance now. There's always one last chance. And, and out of today, hopefully you might get some insight into what that could be. I think that's probably a good way to approach it. Great. And what this allows me to do, just having listened to that description, is also paint these amazing couples in a great light because fo- refocusing back on what we're talking about in this podcast, they have come to your relationship event your um, growth seminar, your personal development seminar, or they they are listening to the Growth Tribes podcast, or they watch the relationship course within the Growth Tribes vault, which is a series and has got lots of information within that vault and that particular series. What they are doing fundamentally is they are growing as a couple. They've come and stepped into the arena together to grow and develop as a couple so that they can tighten their bond. Whereas what I want to focus on is what happens, and this will be the, the, I guess this will be the frame of the entire show today, which is we're going to have a conversation hopefully around three core questions, which is really answering the question why, how, and what, and the context of these questions will make sense as we work through the episode, which is what happens or why does it happen that when one person grows and the other doesn't, what is the result of that? And I guess 
if I ask the first question row of these three, which is you mm. mentioned couples still love each other, which is amazing. But why do people who still love each other suddenly get into this situation where where one grows quicker than the other, this now leads to conflict? Like, mm. what is the reason for that? How, what have you observed in your time? That's, that's a good question. And actually, just rewinding a little bit, sometimes people come to an event not to actually stay together, but to find a way to part in a sensible way or to find out if there is anything still there. So yes, some people definitely come to grow, but others come to try and find a way to navigate through it. And and it is tricky. I mean, if you're listening to this and you feel you're in that space, it's a, such a sen- sensitive subject. And Harms has, has asked the right leading question, which is why does it happen? Uh, and I think there's five stages. So if let, let me describe. And, and before, before you dive into those five stages, what I would want to say is those couples who come in for those different reasons as well, that also demonstrates a level of emotional development, Correct. emotional maturity, because that's not easy. Right? No, no. To come into a space to say, is it the right decision to now part or change our relationship, whether it's into a loving relationship, into a friendship instead? And that takes guts, that, that takes bravery and courage to put yourself through that. So mm, uh, in, a, in a weird way, that is a kind of growth in itself because this now leaves them entering the next phase of their, their life with way more clarity uh, it, i think that's one of the things people come to you for I, th- I think that's a very good point and and ironically although you might think well it has to be a relationship event you never know what it's going to be so for example we had a couple who came to me when i was doing a free presentation and, and i was talking about the communicating with impact work uh, program that was coming up it's an intensive three-day that we run and they said you know we've done this with this speaker and we've done this with american speaker over here and i'm not going to name names and they just said we haven't had any breakthroughs and we feel like we're at the end of our tether and i said well after speaking to them for five minutes, I said, you're working on all these other areas, but it's really clear to me that what the challenge in this situation is actually communication. So, because they said, oh, isn't your communication program purely about business and people wanted to expand and grow in their business, et cetera. I said, look, communication happens at all levels with your kids, with yourselves as a couple, internally, externally. And I picked two or three things up that was going on between them and they just looked at each other and she kind of looked at him as if to say, that's kind of what I've been trying to tell you, honey. And I said, come and do the three days. And I promise you, forget business and everything else. It will give you a clear indication of where the breakdown's been in your communication. So they came to the table with that blank page. And that, I think, is the way to listen to the rest of this podcast, is to not make a judgment. Don't think, oh, I need to hear, my, my partner needs to hear this. This is what I've been trying to tell them for ages. Just listen from the perspective of what can you learn for it? Because if you can learn something from us here and you take that, shifting you back into your relationship it might be that little shift that changes the way they receive you and the way they communicate back to you and the way they may want to grow with you and hopefully they might even listen to this podcast so you've raised a good point i think the growth happens at all stages as long as you put yourself in the arena for growth absolutely now i took us off on a tangent but focus right. focusing back on the yeah, question so- which is you know people who love each other when one grows and the other doesn't, why does this lead to conflict? What, what What's the reason for that? So five stages, essentially. And the, these five stages uh, could be condensed, but I think if I break them into five, you might find, here's a simple question. Ask yourself this question right now. If you're in a relationship, what stage are you at in this? And you might not get all the way to stage five, 
you might be at stage two, you might be at stage three, you might say, actually, I feel like I'm teetering between these. So let, I'll go through this fairly succinctly and then I'll leave it for you, Harmander, to dig deeper. And I think it's important for me to say, if you're in the younger generation here, if you're in Harminder's generation, whether it's the 20s or in his case, the 30s, that's a vulnerable group because you might listen to this and go, ah, yeah, it's not for now. But ironically, it, you're probably right. It isn't for now. But stage three will be definitely for you. And you might not be there now, but if you follow the path of pretty much 90 to 95% of the population, you will get there. And it's a question of how you manage it. So, so before you dive into stage one, row, <laughs> I mean, this is so fascinating. Exciting. I'm, sorry, and, I'm, I'm trying to frame this up because there's a I, lot of I, people that will be indifferent to this and go, I'm not there now. I don't need to listen to this. Yeah. And what I would say to somebody listening who's in my age group, which is, you know, anything between 25, 35, just hitting 37 now because we know people are getting into longer term relationships slightly later, Correct, yeah, yeah. which is that actually is the critical time. And I was going to mention this point later, but whilst in the, whilst you're framing this up, it's useful to note, which is you know, my feeling is at this age where somebody may have just been in a relationship, maybe they start the new relationship at the age of 22, 23, 24. They've maybe been together for three or five years and when they get to stage three, and, I, and, I, and I've heard Ro describe these stages before, which he's going to share with you, when they get to stage three, it's often too late. They've been together too long and they're left in this fork in the road. What do they decide? Do they either stay together or do they split? And when you split with somebody after five, six years, of course, it's not easy. And of course, having done, have been doing it and you're suddenly now find yourself at the age of 35, 36, you've got all this other anxiety around that. So I think by knowing these stages mm. up front, yeah. it can save you so much time in the world of relationships and the people you spend your, your, you know, your loving time with. Yes. And actually, Harminder, and this is really interesting. If you imagine a sinusoidal wave, you know, this sort of lovely sort of snaky shaped uh, wave that exists they are the five stages. You you climb up to stage at a certain point, stage three, then it starts to go down the other side, which is a slippery slope, slope, at which point somebody goes, you know what, bang, stage five, go different directions, which we'll come to in a minute. And then they start another relationship. And guess what? The pattern doesn't change because the reality is if you become aware of something, as we've talked about so often in the growth tribes, that, that level of awareness you have in yourself become a silent witness. You can stop the pattern happening. You fall in love with somebody and you can make sure that you continue to grow instead of following this cycle, which is these definitely five stages. So actually we've teased, good... we've teased too much. We've teased too much. <laughs> I think we should get into the stages. Yeah, okay. But, but <laughs> in a way, even if we didn't talk about them, I can say that this cyclical effect happens in many people's cases. It's the fourth time I've been in a relationship. The same thing's happening. Why is this happening? Okay, well, let's look at the stages and see what you can do to improve on that. So what's stage one? Stage one is when you meet. It's when you first meet somebody and it's like, wow, ding, everything's just like sparks flying. There's lust, there's passion, there's intimacy, there's connection. You do anything for that person. And that is a point of maximum growth for a lot of couples, meaning that the biggest growth is you're learning about each other. I mean, the, you know, this is a subject Funnily enough, you know, that person becomes the study of your life, you know, that you want to find out about how they breathe, how they laugh, what makes them cry, what makes them happy, what makes them sad, what turns them on, what makes them aroused, what makes them excited, what makes them passionate. This is all growth. So you're in a massive stage of growth. So all your other values, 
the values that might be tucked away in the background that are your core underlying values, even health. I mean, I've seen people compromise a value of health when it comes to meeting somebody they're completely absorbed with. You know, they'll go out, they might drink a little bit more. They might even eat food that they may not normally eat because they're with this person and it's amazing, especially if it's very physical, very sexual. They just get on and connect. And a lot of their core values slip by the way initially. Less sleep, of course, especially if it's very... Yeah, stay, staying awake all night. I've, I've been there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to do whatever it takes. You'll drive further, you'll fly further, you'll speak on the phone for longer because you're in this absolute sponge phase of just growing and learning about each other. So core values, unless you're an emotionally developed couple who bring these core values out early, do not come to the surface very often. You'll connect with a couple of them, but there's more of a physical, biological, attractive force, a chemistry, something going on there. You're drawn to each other. There's an, un, you know, and, and you know, if it's a deep, genuine soul connection as well, it's very, very strong. That's stage one. So, so, so Ro, before you move on from stage one, um, there's something interesting which you speak about, which, you know, in your events, you'll dive deeper on this, but it's worth giving the listeners a snapshot of almost why this happens at stage one. And it's tied to, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which can give us this, it's not to say it's a false feeling, but what it does, it's just, it's this euphoric feeling. Addiction. Which, this addictive it's addiction. feeling. Yeah. But why does that addiction happen? What What's the link there? Yeah, so good memory. Very good. So actually what Harmin is referring to is the fact that when we get two, three, ideally three or four of our core basic human needs met on a consistent and regular basis, it forms an addiction for any human being, myself included. Speaking is a classic example. It meets all my needs. It's addictive. Each time I come away from speaking in front of an audience, I've met all of them. It's incredible. I want to go back and do more of it. So without going into lots of detail, these needs, and they're, they're covered by different people over the years. Maslow kind of put a foundation in place. There's other famous people as well in psychology in more recent our generation, probably something like Tony Robbins reshaped it gave it another slightly different perspective very good one as well and that essentially says that each human being has a basic need for security tony robbins might say certainty whatever you want to call it for me very much that need it is a foundation need for everybody to have a sense of security and i want stability that's another word to put on it so being in a stable relationship is very very powerful for a lot of people they feel comfortable that's another word you can attach to. control is another word you can put against it because if you control of something and this is an important one in relationships. If you control of something, you've got absolute certainty. If you don't have control, you've got a complete lack of certainty. An example of how that plays out in terms of real terms is imagine a couple who now live together and they share the rent payments together. That's a security paid for. It's, it's almost like a personal level of safety and security. Yes. You're living under one roof. You're sharing the rent. Instead of £1,000 each, is now £500 each. Now that starts to form this base level of addiction. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, it's a good point, actually, because that certainty can be an attractive force. If you meet somebody that's very financially stable and you've been in relationships from the past which weren't stable, or you were the one that was supporting and those relationships break up because you felt frustrated that they weren't financially growing and they weren't emotionally growing, you go find another partner. And this time this partner has a good, strong financial stability. There you go. That's the start. She sets the initial hook for the, for, for the addiction, but also you feel much more safe with this person. And that is a strong 
human need for all of us. Now, in Maslow's terms, it's kind of the need for food and everything that creates, you know, shelter, roof over our head. That's that basic security that we need. But the opposite to that in terms of psychological is variety. Because the thing about security is if you have the same of everything all the time, you get bored. So on a psychological level, the opposite to that is variety, or I use the word freedom. Everyone has a different phrase for it. So it's this need to grow and expand and to to have different things in our life. I think Tommy Robbins talks about variety. Um, I, I like to talk about this freedom of spirit. So the opposite to being cooped up and locked down and secure is like, I want to expand and be free. And that is also a very important need for all of us. If you're listening to this and you've been on a lockdown, there's a growing feeling. I want to get out. I want to go and travel, meet my friends and connect and, and meet other people and, and have more variety. So they're two conflicting uh, values that we all need. Their needs, their values, whatever you want to phrase them, they are actually a basic need, but they can also be a core value for somebody as well. So these two fight each other because you might want lots of security, but then you get bored. So you want to go and have more freedom and you go out and have more freedom, but then you start to do something crazy and then you think, shit, I better start being safe again. And this is where relationships can break up because if people get bored, they go looking elsewhere for that freedom. And this is where affairs can kick in, but that's another conversation maybe for another podcast. I wonder how, I wonder how people who are seeking those affairs out and no judgment are doing this during coronavirus and COVID-19 lockdown. That would be, how are they getting away with that? Just, uh, just curious, just came to mind. So that, that leads us on to stage two, right? Which is now an expansion on those needs. Well, okay, so very quickly. So they're two of the f- six needs that we have. So the other, the other four needs are, um, one is a, a need for connection with other people. And the other one opposite to that is an, a sense of ego or significance. So we've got love and connection. And we've got a sense of ego. Now, these are conflicts, again, because these human needs, when we're first meeting somebody, we're getting all this met. We're getting the variety we just talked about. We're getting the certainty that, oh, my gosh, this person's amazing. I absolutely know that when I see them again, I'm certain I'm going to find something new about them. And they're probably going to love to see me. They're going to ask my phone. I'm going to get excited. There's the connection, which is another need, which is the love connection, the belonging, as, as Maslow called it. And then there's this ego or this sense of importance. I feel important. She loves me. He loves me. He's connected with me. He sent me flowers. She sent me flowers. She sent me a text. She's taking me out to meet her friends. I feel really important. I've got four needs needs met there that is incredibly addictive Mm. now on the top of that maslow talked about growth and he talked about contribution to other people self-actualization is how he packaged it all up so growth is this element on top of all these other needs that we need to have met first the other four typically the ones we need to meet first after that after you've got those needs met as a human being you go okay now i kind of need to grow i want to grow beyond these now i want to expand beyond this place to become even better and bring this back down into the lower part of my needs and i want to give beyond myself and help other people so the top two needs growth and contribution are not necessarily primary they typically sit behind the other four am i making sense here harms am i normally yes. I do a diagram to show this but i haven't of got, course i'm wiggling so my hands we're... a lot so what we're saying is that those first needs are almost like essential. They're, they come from a place of deficiency, from a place of, I need to get this first. Once those are in place, we can then focus on growth. And it's very hard to focus on growth without those in place. So that's just a, uh, it, it, that's just another way of just phrasing it, I guess. Yeah. And, and of course, when you meet, which four get meet, met first? Well, not four, but six. Because not only are you getting connection, not only are you getting variety, not only are you getting security or certainty about, yes, yeah, it's going to be amazing, and you're getting significance and importance, but you're growing because you're learning about somebody new and maybe they're sharing something new with you about themselves 
and you're contributing, you're giving because you're probably sharing a gift, doing something for them, opening a door, treating them to something. And of course, that's that part of your human nature that wants to give and help somebody else. You've got six frigging needs met. You are, that can happen instantly. Right? Oh that God. can happen within a space of a week. It can happen within the space of a month. And that's really high impact. High impact, addictive, you're satiated, which means you've had a huge amount of stuff all in one go. And the question, of course, is how long does it last? So mm. that leads us to stage two. And stage two could be weeks, could be months, could be years. Typically, it's a six to 12 month period I've seen in people because now you've kind of got past that shiny stage and you're starting to get into a rhythm and now your core values are starting to come to the surface a little bit now and as a person you've you've maybe you're not growing so much with them you haven't got as much excitement in the sense that you kind of know who they are now and your basic needs are coming back up to the surface now you're getting to a rhythm it's like a three-legged race initially it's a little bit all over the place exciting and then suddenly you've got a rhythm and now we're into a bit of a rhythm and now stage two is your true needs and values start to emerge and so do theirs so whereas before they were they were hidden they were masked by all of these amazing things happening. Hopefully this is making sense. Now their true core values and needs are starting to come to the surface, which is a lovely thing if they're the right values for you and your values align with them. But if they're not, this is where the clash starts to happen. And those needs could be needs for more security or maybe a little bit more um, need for growth comes out but not growth about the other person now. Hey, I've spent the last six to 12 months growing with you and about you. I want to go learn something new. What do you think? And the other person's like, no, that's not really who I am. Oh shit. How come I didn't spot that before? So this is what starts to happen. Well, it might be that there's a conflict over your values, over integrity. You know, when you first met, it was incredible. Lots of connections, lots of physical, sexual, intimate, lots of great things. But now you're starting to see a little bit about how this person operates in the world of finance, in money, in how they are in their job. Maybe you've got a, a value of um, hard work ethic. You value working hard. But now after six to 12 months, you realize actually having spent more time at their place and seeing how they are, they're not really that hardworking. And I thought they said they were earning money, but they're not really. In fact, they're not doing. And all of a sudden their true nature comes out. Now I'm trying to paint a contrasting picture. It might be the opposite. It might be they're amazing and that your values are growing together. But what I'm talking about here are the values that do not align. I'm going to press pause because I'm talking quite fast here. Am I making sense? I, I want because you're my sa- you're kind of my soundboard here. Yeah, that just makes sense. And where I have personally seen this play out in in life, and let's just take a simple example like the program, like such as communicating with impact. Now, a couple has a choice: do they attend communicating with impact as a couple and pay the ticket price for that as a couple, where where or do they turn up separately, or does one turn up and one never goes? And often the reason where one never goes is one is driven from a place of or the need of security where they say, okay, I'm quite happy with how things are at the moment. I'm comfortable. I don't really want to take a risk in my job. Uh, I don't really want to learn this new skill that's just going to rock the boat a bit. Whereas the other person is saying, well, I want to learn these skills because I can um, leverage these in the workplace. I can get promotion. We can expand our life or I want to start in business and I need a skill of negotiation or whatever it may be. I need to uh, turn into a public speaker for my business and I want confidence to speak in front on the stage with all the tools and techniques. Now, Ro, that's, a, uh, that's what I've observed as a pole opposite of somebody who's wanting the need of variety, as an example, to then grow and expand. 
Whereas somebody's based on security saying, actually, if you go and do that, one, it's going to cost a bit of money. One, you know, what if it rocks the boat? And that can play out. And I, I think you may have seen that play out quite often as well. <laughs> You've raised a fantastic point because that actually could be one of the first signs of stage three because now you've had that amazing period together and you've gone and done the the, the typical things that you'd wherever you always wanted to travel to wherever you wanted, and of course you go and you visit those places and you experience each other and their joy and their exploration and maybe you're trying to create new magic moments together and then starts to come out this need for growth you know we're starting mm. to dig a bit deeper now into our part of who we are and you say honey let's go to this communication event let's go to this property event let's go to this uh, spiritual event whatever it is so this and- is like the peak of the wave because you described a wave so as we framed this up you said there's a wave now yes it's stage three is probably the peak there very good so we're coming up now and what we're doing is we're still on the up curve but it, now this is where we start to see it flatten off where it potentially goes into the sine wave and dips down and the conversation is as you just described it well, honey you go i don't i don't really want to go to that and then this point now, you're the person, husband or wife or boyfriend, girlfriend, this probably, probably, and you're going, well, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever the relationship is, you're going, well, hold on a minute, but this is something, I, I thought when we first met, we talked about this and I really want to learn more about this. Yeah, yeah, but you know, actually you just go and do it. It's fine. You just go do the, the, the seminar, but I really want to do it with you, honey. I mean, look at what they're covering. Some of these things are amazing. And this is where the conversations go one of two ways. You accept it and you just go do it. You think, oh, it's just a seminar. I'll go do it anyway. I'll come back and share it with them. Or you start to have a different conversation. We'll come to that in a minute. And I think you've picked up on a very good point. That to me is the first sign. It is something like that. But it could be something else. It could be you want to go see the ballet. They don't want to go see the ballet. You want to go see a concert. They don't want to see the concert. This now starts to come into play where there, instead of maybe trying to help you meet your needs by being part of your experience and growing with you, even if they don't fully want to do it, they're actually being part of that with you. They're now making a choice, and this is a value, they're making a choice to say, no, you just go and do it yourself. So they value their own privacy, their own independence, and their own lack of connection with you at that point. And maybe their own, they're not supporting you in that. And they're saying, it's all right, you just go and do it yourself. Now, I'm not saying that should always be the case, that everyone has to do everything together. That's the, that's the question I was going to ask you, Ro, which is <laughs> what if there's a couple who's listening to this and one one says, yeah, but I don't, it's a, a random example, which, you know, uh, climbing, right? Because me and you have recently yeah, done that. Yeah, we, right, we, right. we signed up to the, the local climbing center. Okay. I don't want to go climbing, but I'm more than happy to support you in this. Like, I love it. Like, please spend a couple of hours a week and just really enjoy it and grow in that area. And you tell me all about it. What, so what we're saying is you can support, like you don't have to go and do it mm. alongside with them. No, I, th- I think that's a good challenging question as well. And it's important that we bring these up. So Harmenda spot on, look, there are going to be certain things that you want to do that physically or for whatever reason, your partner isn't either able to do or has any inclination to do at all. That's not, that's not to say that they can't be involved in some way, but it's just that it's something more for you. I guess what I'm trying to say is at that point there, as an isolated case, that stands on its own. And you could argue, actually, well, for example, in your case, G, you know, she probably doesn't want to go climb. She might say, let me come watch it for a couple of times. It'd be great to see it, what you do. It, it, and pregnant at the time. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> also, we had COVID when it was kicking off. So, yeah. But the point being that the partner that's not doing it, at least if they show some support and encouragement, great. But now let's imagine we are 18 months down the line and you wanted to go on a skiing trip. They didn't want to come. Uh, 
You wanted to go do a bungee jump. They didn't want to come. You wanted to go and join a local rambling club. They didn't want to come. You wanted to join a club which goes and does, um, I don't know, origami, whatever it is. They didn't want to come. <laughs> you wanted to go and do a course on communication with Dr. Rowe. They didn't want to come. You wanted to go and do a course on uh, property investing because you thought maybe as a family, as a couple in the future, you can have money. They didn't want to come. This isn't now just a one-off. This is a pattern of someone who's just not wanting to grow. And that's a different conversation now. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to prejudice this because I think I'm just describing the the countless conversations I've had with couples where, particularly an individual, where they've got, oh, my husband's not here, my wife's not here. And I go, okay, well, tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling upset. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm pissed off. Well, they're not here for this seminar. No, you don't understand, Dr. Rowe. This has been going on for five years every time I do something. So that's a different conversation. We're at a different stage in the five stages. So, so I think your question is valid. I guess what I'm trying to do is put it into context. A one-off situation is different to a, a combined. Now the curve is continuing up and it's flattening more and more and more and more. Yeah. So we're coming off the top of the curve now. So is it, I want you to just provocatively ask me anything on this because there will be people listening going, yeah, but. So if there's anything else you want to yeah, but me on, it's probably a good time to do it now. No, that, that's fine. So, so there's going to be some questions where we explore the next stage because what because what we can say is that we've got a wave and are we saying that the curve is yes it's flattening but based on how the couple now has a conversation with each other at this stage the curve can slowly uh, go upwards or the right. curve can actually start to decline exactly that, so, so at this happen, point right? there at this point here now, so so this is where the person's true values and needs emerge, and all of us have it. I had it in my relationship. You know, I'm with a, I'm with uh, my partner. We've been together nearly twenty years, and she's fourteen years younger than me. So, after a short period of time, other sides of ourselves came out, different values, and we went through a lot of growth. And we chose to go back to stage one as a couple, but now not just about each other, but our own needs and our own growth. So this can either go one or two ways. It comes up and it starts to go down into stage three, four, five, or you swing back into stage one, but now on personal growth, emotional growth, spiritual growth on your own evolution as a couple and as individuals. And that's where the watershed comes in. You have to have the ability to identify these values and these needs in another person that you're with and realize that in order for us to continue to grow as a couple, we're going to have to keep meeting those needs. We're going to have to find a way to support that person in such a way that it's not taken away from me, if anything, it's adding to me, but at the same time, it's making them feel important. Because remember, if we start to ignore something they want to do, one of the needs that Maslow talked about is this sense of importance that we want to have. All of a sudden, if I was with you, Harms, and you were my partner, and every time you wanted to do something, I said, nah, I'm not interested. I'm now showing you that you're not important to me or what you mm. do is important. So that's one of your basic needs suddenly eroded. Yes. Another need is, is being now yeah. eroded because you want to connect with me and you want to be part of that relationship where I'm doing something with you. I'm now not doing that with you. So now we've lost that connection. That's two bloody main needs suddenly severed by my actions. So suddenly we've gone from that addictive relationship, which was, okay, well, I'm getting three, four, Yeah, you were addicted to me met. before because I was showing these, I was part yeah. of that. And, and what we're saying is, you you know, once you typically hit three and four needs, there's that level of addiction or that, that this is a really cool relationship. Whereas once those start to get eroded through these consistent actions like that, where, you know, I'm not interested, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. Oh, you just go on and do that. Oh yeah, whatever. Exactly. Then we start to remove them and we're left with, and I think I've, I personally, when I've been around you and you're coaching couples, where they often come to you at a point where they're left with just one 
remaining need. Yes, and that, exactly. that's, that's normally the base level, that's safety, level need. that security. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it in this scenario for you and I, let's say we're in a relationship together and you go off and you've now gone to a training, you've gone to a course, you're starting to grow, learning new subjects, and you're meeting new people. Those people now are different. They're new, they're growing, they've got variety, and they're showing you attention. So suddenly, instead of you getting your sense of importance from me and me showing my commitment to you, you're not getting that from me anymore. You're getting that from somebody else. And not only that, you're getting a connection with somebody else. And then, of course, you get variety with somebody else or a group of people. And you don't need to come back to this space. That addiction to me is actually diminishing and it's growing towards a subject, uh, a topic, or God forbid, another person, because that person now showing you more interest than me. And it's not that you don't want to break up with me, but hey, you know what? And this just happens. It kind of erodes slowly, the relationship. Yeah. And, and then, it happens, for example, where, okay, so I've gone and done that thing. I come back and me and you are having dinner over the, over the dinner table. And then you decide to ask the question, out of the blue, which is, oh, how was that thing you're doing? Or how's that thing go? And at this stage, because I've shared it and I've experienced it with all these other people, my response may be, ah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And then exactly. there's no longer a conversation around this either. Yeah, because you know it's going to provoke, or God forbid you say, oh man, I tell you, I met this amazing person and he this or she this. And then, you know, if that happens more than two or three, if that name comes up more than two or three times in a conversation, I'm like, so who's this person then? you talking about and then the jealousy right. kicks in and if it's the opposite sex or the or the sex that exactly. you, you know you're <laughs> accustomed to then it can happen in businesses by the way you know two business partners forget sexual intimate relation two business partners one wants to grow the other one doesn't and then suddenly one keeps coming back and talking about this guy that they met in another business a director or whatever who and they're doing this and then and then the other business partner's going whoa, whoa hold on what's going on here and and sometimes that can be enough for the other partner whether it's an intimate relationship or a business to go you know what okay let me go and see what's going on here let me go and get involved with what you're doing. And that might be the leverage that brings that connection back to start a level of growth. More often than not, it's yeah. not enough. It actually creates so, anger. So I'm just going just to press pause here because what we'll do at the end of the episode is when you get to stage three, we will help you with some action points or a process to work through in order to then grow together, 100%. have that conversation together. 100%. But now let's talk about stage four where what yeah. if we don't have that conversation? What happens then? Okay, so, well, actually, so let me just clarify. So stage one is um, all needs are met. Stage two is your true values start to emerge. Stage three, which we have, we've kind of touched on, but let me just clarify. Stage three is um, there's no deep conversation happening at this point between the two of you. And one of you grows quicker than the other. So just to clarify, this third stage where we're getting to the top of the peak is where you're not having the conversation you need to have. You're not having the conversation that we'll talk about at the end, which is certain things around values and where you're both at. So it becomes kind of a muted conversation, as Harminda just alluded to there. Uh, you continue to grow, your partner doesn't, and you find yourself going out more, learning more, growing more, speaking less about it at home or with your partner and feeling more and more like, shit, this is just, I'm not sure if I can do this. But because you're so absorbed with this new growth, you kind of kid yourself, hey, things will be fine. Let me just carry on growing. And that addiction can grow somewhere else. And that's why this stage three can go on for years, mm. years, depending on the couple, the physical, if it's a very sexually connected couple, that can often outweigh the emotional growth of the other person, meaning that you might find that that connection with that person is so powerful. And there's a lot of other good things there that you can live with the lack of growth because you're getting that somewhere else. And hey, that, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't move to stage four. 
So, uh, uh, and uh, stage four is stage four is arguments, frustration, anger, numbness, total numbness. Fuck it, mm. just you know what? I'm indifferent now. And in other words, there isn't even that physical connection. There isn't that intimacy. There isn't that passion. The thing that keeps you together, or has kept you together, and now you're just really pissed off because you kind of have moved on. And you're hanging so, out so th- with people that have moved on. And now you just go, you either get really angry and it gets physical. And that's when you reach out to someone like me or a coach, or whatever, or you go numb to it and you just carry on, which, which is typically where it slides to stage five. So, so that scenario, that picture I painted where me and you at the dinner table, you, you asked me a question and I'm just like, yeah, it was okay. That's um, stage four. That stage, that's, that's me now feeling the numbness, feeling that I've got nothing to share here. There's nothing really to talk about. Oh, let's just put the television on and, and sit there silently and eat our dinner and watch TV. That's that kind of typical scenario which would play out in terms of numbness. Yes. And of course, anger, frustration, arguments, that would be um, what happens there. And now, by the way, we numb ourselves, exactly what you just talked about there, through the phone, uh, through the TV, through eating, uh, just through anything, we preoccupy ourselves. You sit, in t- you sit down together in a room and there's five minutes opportunity to connect and you're on your phones or you're doing something else. In other words, you know, that lovely stage one that we talked about is just nowhere, anywhere to be seen. It's like two separate people living in a house together with two separate sets of needs. But as you said, financially, they're both supporting each other now and maybe they've got a mortgage. I don't know. I mean, it depends on where you are down the cycle, but mm-hmm. it's a tough one. And it's it's so, a common one, Harms. I mean, you may not seen it yet because you're at that age where I started to really see it in my early 30s because that at that stage there, I was coaching, but I hadn't seen it in my peers because I was too young to see that yet. I was seeing it in older people through the coaching I was doing. But what's interesting is that because of this tool that we have you know you mentioned the phone you know we can put netflix or amazon prime constant video series that are being published every single week or every single month which can help disguise in a way that the numbness is and just let me know if this is fair because this is what i may be observing within my generation or people who are 25 30 35 which is by the the numbness is completely masked or disguised by things like the telephone, things like Netflix series, where you find a different way to connect, which is actually not a deeper way to connect, which is the deepness comes from the growth, the doing something which is beyond yourself, whereas you're masking it and you're defaulting it to this, I guess, soft entertainment. Is that is that fair to say? Oh my gosh, that's a spot on description. I mean, what you're what you've described there is two core needs there connection and variety straight through social media so hey if i'm not freaking getting it at home i'll get it through watching these people i'll get absorbed into this and then we've got soaps and stuff out on tv i'll just i'll I'll lose myself there and i can live with this because you know what we're okay you know we've got a nice house we've got on holiday blah 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 hey that's what people do isn't it and then this becomes but it's scary but it's happening. It's that phrase. That's what people do. This is what a relationship is. This yeah. is what a marriage is. And that's the kind of phraseology that keeps them locked into this space for years and years and years and then decades. Because I've been on events with you, Rowan, and these are couples who are in their 30s, oh, 40s, we've 50s. We've seen it. I mean, you and I have looked at each other, they've walked away and, and we've sort of said they shouldn't even be together. 
Yeah. Yeah. And they've come to a, a seminar on property to try and fix their life because they think if they can get some more money, it'll fix everything else. But they're just so disconnected. We've even seen people, and you know this, come in on the third day of an event and they're sitting in separate places because they just do not agree on anything and they're totally misaligned. And unfortunately, or fortunately, my style of teaching tends to press a lot of those buttons. And this isn't even a relationship event. This is just like uh, you know, a property-based education or a communications event. <laughs> so it's, it's a tricky one, which kind of leads us to stage five, because at this point there, if the pain is great enough, and I think that's the emphasis I need to put here, if the pain is great enough, and that could last six months, 12 months, eight months, eight years, then one or two things happen. People split up or they make a change and that's it. Mm. They literally split up or they make a change. Otherwise they just stay in stage four for a long time. Absolutely. Simple and that. The, the, the change part is what we'll discuss at the end of this episode. So you're left with, you know, if you are in this place or you need to share this with a friend or like all Growth Tribes members eyes is the aiming of being aware of things like this in these stages so you can spot this in your life or you can spot this in people close to you so that you can provide guidance and wisdom or provide guidance and wisdom to yourself so the change part we'll discuss at the end but Ro I wanted to focus in on you know the the stage three and four before the split happens which can either be like in year two uh, it can and, and what's interesting if I've fascinatingly enough i've observed in the asian culture or certainly in my generation because i meant i remember you put a timeline against this which is ah, that's 12 that, months mm, 18 months very good subject yeah i've mm. seen this probably trigger at three years or four years in terms of when the split happens yeah and, and you've actually raised a good point because i think culturally just to jump in i yeah. think harminda's raised a very good point culturally that can protract it. If, it if, if you weren't so heavily influenced by your culture, your parents and everybody else's perception of how your relationship should be and how you've grown up for it to be, it often would happen quicker. But you're spot on, I think, in a, in a, especially in the Asian culture, uh, African culture, et cetera, where there's this community feel. Sometimes this can go on a lot longer and then people go, oh my God, I didn't even know that was going on. Well, actually, it's been yeah. going on for a while. And I think with my generation, you really see it play out because with if you pair my culture and my generation, the Asian culture and similar, and our world, which is we actually are masked by the fact that we don't often live together before we get married. That's not quite common. So we're experiencing stage one, two, and three in a stretched period. We're also so busy with our, which is most cultures, so busy with our careers. We're distracted by this and that that when we finally get to the point where we're now living together on a day-to-day -day basis and now one of us wants to grow, that's that kind of year three, four, five stage. And this is why the timeline can, I personally have seen it being stretched in my my sort of age group, 25, 30, 35, and seeing that stretch. Because we've got all of this these distractions which take our focus away from our actual relationship. And then when we do look at our relationship, we're like, oh shit, it's stage five already. That happened quite quick. Yeah. And, and just, just adding in there, if you think about what Harmin has described to you, you're a 30 something year old person, forget cultural background and you're in a relationship and the cracks are starting to appear. You're kind of at sort of stage two, three, and on a daily basis, you're on Facebook, you're Insta Instagram, you're following people. Uh, maybe you're out in the nice car, you've got a few functions with the, with the work, et cetera, a lot of stuff happening around you. And there, you know, if, if you imagine life as a path, as a straight line 
And that straight line, if it was clean and clear, you'd have an amazing experience with the right people who are right connected to you. But now it doesn't quite work for you. So you start to drift off into different directions. And all of a sudden, you're distracted from the true connection with somebody because you've got all these other things happening around you, as you've described there. That's why it can go on for a lot longer, because people just accept it. And they just go, well, I can live, I can numb myself and I can live vicariously through social media, uh, Instagram, through Netflix programs on TV. Uh, soaps on TV, all this sort of stuff. They literally and as a si- and as a side note, Ro, imagine having posted about your amazing, highly addictive relationship for the last three or four years, <laughs> and your Instagram, and and your, all these comments of, oh, you guys are an amazing couple, you guys yeah. are the best couple. Like, it's pretty hard to be open and honest with yourselves at that stage True. that this is not going to work, and to split with that level of commitment out into the public is also a challenge. That's just a side note because that should you should be aware of that as well having a public relationship on social media and presenting yourself in such a way is another dangerous mask for stage three and stage four where stage four is like we don't really hone in on it which leads me to the the next question row which is you know let's let's go back to stage three to five and help the listeners because again, they may be masked. All of these things may be masking the true mm. true reality of what's happening, which is what are the signs and what have you observed on how it manifests itself? Stages three to five, how does that manifest itself within a couple dynamic? Mm. And this is not, this can be any kind of couple dynamic. Yeah. But how does that play out? I think if we stopped now and just answered this question, that that is such a powerful insight in this podcast these five stages because it's the awareness of it that triggers the question oh shit where are we at and you know if you're in a good place fantastic but if you're not then let's let's do let's go to work on it which we'll come to at the end so things to look for um the, the obvious one is um, a loss of connection so the things that you did a lot at the beginning in stage one and two start to diminish you don't have the same interest she or he doesn't have the same interest in you in the same way uh that they there isn't the same length of time or time or attention taken to sit down and have the same conversations that you might have had for 20, 30 minutes previously. Now you're too busy. I've got to go do this. I've got to do that. Honey, I've got to go and do this. And you've become so familiar with them that you don't need to necessarily give them that attention. And that's a very quick and early sign for that as well. So you're not showing the same level of interest in the little things that they did at the beginning, which you loved. In the same way, kids, I mean, I've got a five, you've, you've been around my kids and so my five-year-old is fascinated with the tiniest little things still, even though she's five now, getting more conscious. So she will come up to me as a 54, 55-year-old and she'll so, show me something that fascinates her about a leaf or a bee or a fly. I mean, you've been with her, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I will still show that same interest. I mean, we were out walking the other day, you were there and do you remember the ants? We were looking at the ants. Oh, she's fascinated. fascinated. And I would have walked past that. Me as a person, if you know after so what i loved was there was multiple ant mounds i think they call or nests or whatever <laughs> anthills and, yeah. so it shows you how how uh, little i know about it but i would have maybe been as an adult fascinated by the first one but what i loved was your daughter was fascinated by the first one the second one the third one and the way you showed up and was just as interested and fascinated was a lesson and i and that's one of the things i took away from that experience yeah. And that's so, so that's for me, kept me in that space 
and and I've got two girls as well. So I mean that this this is a whole self conversation for men is being present and listening. And it was great because she, I could go back into her world, and I think that's what we forget to do. I mean, that's in simplest terms, we got to go back into our partner's world and remember that they still have an interest in something, even if we have lost that interest in their interest in that something. So that's a really big clue in that stage three where it's, you know, the conversations aren't happening, values are starting to come out, and now that separation of values starts to happen. Arguments is a big one, uh, or high-volume discussions, as you heard me say many times, (laughs) Um, over little things. And that's because you're getting irritated. That's definitely a sign of getting to stage four, by the way. Now you're you you know it has nothing to do with that particular thing it could be that they've left something in the kitchen that they haven't tidied up or the toilet roll hasn't been replaced or somebody's left socks or underwear somewhere and you're channeling your frustration towards them through that but you're really pissed off because you they didn't come to that seminar with you they didn't come and do that evening class with you they didn't come want to learn that extra language that you've been learning and they didn't want to come and meet some of your new friends none of that so guess what i'm pissed off what do I do? I just take it out in any way, shape, or form. And this is and where the reverse happens, right? The reverse happens with what you're describing the person who's maybe on the growth path. Correct. The person who's not on the growth path would be just as mad about, oh, you left this, uh, or, you, or you didn't take the bins out, as an example, but you, was, you had enough time to go see your new friends and do your new thing. And that would also play out. Yes. And, and this, is the, this, is the, this is the challenge because you're, it just becomes a bigger argument. And now you're both arguing about something that's nothing to do with the, whatever it is, the dishes or whatever. Um, and the, both of you want to be right. And that's another whole thing to do with your basic human needs. And, and of course, it's not that you don't love each other, but you, you can't articulate it. And maybe you haven't had a conversation like we're talking about here, this, this, this sort of depth. Uh, and so, uh, you know, one of you just defaults. You go to the phone, you go to Facebook, you go to Instagram, as you talked about, you go to Netflix, whatever it is, go spend time with somebody else. Or you just resubmerge yourself into that thing that you're learning that's exciting. You pick up that book that's just studying about the stock market or property or whatever it is, personal development, speaking, communication, and you get more and more involved in that. And it just continues to escalate. And then, of course, the signs of numbness. So switch Mm. on the TV, can't even bother to communicate with them. An evening goes by, hardly anything is said. You kiss less, you hug less. There's that physical intimacy. It could be long periods of non-sexual contact, whatever. But either way, or you use the kids as a, if you've got kids, this becomes a major one. You use the kids as a buffer to deflect it and lose yourself with the kids and there's so many different signs to a point where eventually one of you has a meltdown and that's where you get to the split point will normally come on the back of one major thing uh, or one thing that feels major but it may be not major it could be that last seminar you went to that you just took something away from it and you said i can't deal with this anymore you had a conversation with another woman or another man there that had the same thing they went through it three years before had to just separate from their partner Or it could just be that you read something, you hear something or something happens at home or you suddenly realize we can't carry on like this in front of our kids. Something has to change. It's usually a very big emotional thing that's beyond the relationship now that just triggers you. You just can't. Or you you listen to the Growth Tribes podcast, episode 27. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And you're both sitting there going, oh, my God, they've just painted a picture. I mean, how, how many times have you heard me describe something and people have gone, Oh my God, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you experience this as a listener and you come join us on one of the future live events, uh, just take a moment or a second when Rose says something on stage or one of his guest speakers says something and you'll start to see the audience nod their head. Yeah, that's me. That's happened to me because what's amazing is it's such an open, honest space. And of course, people are coming there to be open, 
be aware so that they can actually learn and grow and make that change. So people are like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me having the argument about the bins. Yeah, that's me doing. And it's like really refreshing to see because it's because unless they're in that space, they can't share that. It just becomes this secret thing that just continues to happen. Yeah. When we used to run the relationship events, which at some point will re-trigger those, that that was fascinating because people came in very nervous for the first half an hour. And then once we set the scene and the true transparency of the environment opened up, you saw couples that had been together for a long time sharing things that they had just locked up. They didn't want to share. And they were mm. able to do it in a way that there was no feeling of animosity. It was just an honest share from the heart. And that changed the dynamic in that moment. That Everything shifted. Mm. So, so well, we are talking about couples here. And I've just got one question I'm curious about, which is we are, we are two men and, you know, there's a slight bias towards this. But one of the questions I had is, is this gender specific? So, for mm. example... It, do you typically see the man growing more, which leads to this conflict or, or split? Or is it that the lady in the relationship grows more? And, I've, and that's, that's pretty much, yeah, that, that kind of question is on my mind at the moment. It's, it's, it's actually a very good question because I would have previously said, actually, yeah, I think it's more ladies than men. That would have been me maybe 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. But I think that has changed. I actually think now there's a, a balance. If you think about some of the audiences that we have in front of us, and you're often at those events, it's a pretty even split. Uh, that don't get me wrong. I mean, there might be periods where I'll I'll find myself talking to a whole bunch of ladies, uh, but that could be because the subject or the theme of that particular event that I'm running has a softer edge to it. It might be more about personal emotional development as opposed to personal financial development. If it was personal financial development, I might see more men and women there. If it's personal emotional development, I tend to see less men there, more women there because they are spiritually, emotionally more developed and often want to, they need that. It's a, it's a, it's a makeup of the, who they are as a pe- person. And that's not to say men don't want it. They do and actually do need it. We all do, you and I. But the problem is for a lot of men, it's like, okay, now I don't want to admit to that. And so they tend not to go into that space. I think the the genre we're in at the moment, this whole personal development movement that's happening is seeing a more mixed spread overall. But yeah. 10, 20 years ago, definitely more female biased. And Fascinating. But, but if I took you to a trading seminar, uh, I think probably more male bias um, and if i took you to a, a mind body and spirit event or if we went there i think we'd see probably more ladies as a general rule but i think overall people do want to grow and that's certainly been triggered by the number of apps that are online now and the type of people that are coming and attending personal development i mean you've seen it in the time that you've been doing property with me we see me we see a, a lot more spread now of men and women don't we yeah we do and and just as an additional note we could probably put a, a male male relationship in this a female female relationship in this because Correct. within that kind of relationship i know we said male and female but within that dynamic will be there will be this masculine and feminine energy within that particular dynamic so it does play out across a whole gender mix it just really depends on who is the i guess the masculine energy and who's the feminine energy within that dynamic and i think as well on that note it if you look at the way people's and society was structured previously and historically, we have talked about this, my generation, your generation, is that you know, you go off, you'd study hard, and just 
the the mechanics of how that industrial area and you know the post-war era was that the man would go out to work and the woman would stay at home and look after the kids which is by far the most important role and that tended to lock people into roles and i think because of these unconscious roles that we have in our minds it then triggers how we want to grow and then we start to see a period where actually there was a lot of ladies saying fuck this you know i want to go and grow i want want to break out of this ridiculous mold that we've been put into i don't want to live like we did in the 50s and there's this huge surge and i saw it Uh, there was a period during the 80s where there's a lot of surge of women coming out into the events and then i think the whole idea of personal development became more appealing to both men and women and now it's sexy if you want to give a name to it for so many different people and and both genders so whereas before it might have been driven by circumstances, the roles people have been put into, now you're seeing strong characters, real celebrities and some famous people, some big names out there, male, female, with strong messages, and, and it's drawing both genders. So I think it's really now down to per- people's actual evolution. It's not even down to male or female. It's just to their own personal evolution. Where are they at and are they ready to grow? You've touched on a really fascinating, uh, an additional thing I just want to just commentate on, I guess, and hear your thoughts as well, which is, you know, you spoke about this, this industrial area, this industrial era where somebody would train, educate, and that would be their growth period. So just imagine a curve, which is rising, you know, typically from the age of say five to 20, 21, where you finish university, that's typically a growth period within a relationship, um, internally as well then from that point onwards you can pretty much draw a straight line up to the point of retirement and then there's a slight decline now that straight line is a period of no growth because actually jobs actually careers were around for life and a couple locked into that straight line that became the norm back then in that time you was talking about Ro. Yep. but what we have now going forward and this has now been well documented Um, researchers and historians are seeing something which probably has never happened before, which is we as a couple in a dynamic or as an individual will probably have to grow and expand ourselves literally every seven to 10 years. Every seven to 10 years on the clock, we're going to have to recreate ourselves, which is going to need this requirement to learn, grow and adapt. Now that's going to be, add that to a couple dynamic and everything we're saying today is suddenly going to be on steroids. So that's just a little insight, which I've started to see in the background, but it, it just came to mind, Ro, because you spoke about that classic yeah. conventional work model, which is which was available in the past to people, which is not really the case now going forward. And information so readily available. Someone who is looking after the kids at home, whether it's the husband or the wife, has access to those tools, those learning skills, like a podcast like Grow Tribes, instantly during the day so that growth can occur 24 7 if somebody wants to do it Whereas previous it was traditionally you know if you're a bloke and you're at work and the, and the wife's at home looking after the children she can't necessarily grow but he might grow through his work they send him off on a training course honey i'm going on a three-day training course he still gets the growth whereas now the, the the playing field is leveled and i love it because everyone has the opportunity to grow then it comes down to your core makeup and who you are as a person, which takes us right back to where we are in the whole cycle. You know, where are you on the cycle? Who are you as a person? What's your main values? And that could be a way to end actually this podcast. It, it, it could be, but we want to leave people with some action steps because they, if they find themselves in stage two, entering stage three, and they feel like they're 
the curve or the wave is starting to flatten out and things are getting slower, they're almost sitting on the ocean and there's no waves helping and riding them forward, what do they do? Because how do couples essentially, well, and I'm going to you know, lead the question in terms of firing at you because you've got so much experience in this arena, which is how do couples learn from what we have said today so that they avoid that conf- conflict in the first place? The conflict being that when one wants to grow, they end up going these separate ways and they end up splitting. How do we get them to have some steps that they can undertake or a process or some action points so that they actually make a change together rather than just default to split. Because anchoring back to what you said, we don't want to give up on any couple. That's not the default. And especially if they still love each other, which as you said in your experience is quite often the case. So there's, um, this this is a great way to finish. And I was in touch yesterday with an amazing lady, a lady called Susie, who I've known for many, many years. And I messaged you to say, look, she's, she's agreed to come on to our podcast. So those of you listening, you're going to love this because she works with relationships with the masculine feminine dynamic that Harminda just talked about briefly there. And one of her big things, I just want to throw this into the pot is the, is the physical movement that has to happen between you as a couple. In other words, it's the physical dance that happens. It's how you as a woman get into your feminine core and as a man gets into his, his masculine energy and bringing that to the table because that's how you met. That's how you first met as a couple. So I'm going to park that for now, but I just want you to be aware that if you are numb, that numbness also means it's numbed your core energy that Harminda referred to previously, which is if you're a feminine woman, um, you know, it could be a male-male relationship, female-female relationship, whatever the relationship is, you will have a core energy that you brought to the table when you met. And that's create, that's kept that dynamic. But when you're numb, you tend to numb that. And that gets muted, it gets switched off. So you've got to kind of stir that back up again and come back into that core energy. But there's essentially five steps. I would say we've got five stages. Well, there's five steps, five action steps. I'll go through them briefly and hopefully we can put them into the show notes and then just jump in and and quiz me as I go through it, Holmes. So the first step is you have to focus on you and what your needs are. So I know you're thinking, well, hold on a minute. This is about the other person. I'm feeling frustrated with them. Well, yeah, I understand that. But first of all, you've got to decide what you're going to bring to the table in the conversation because you can't bring frustration you can't bring anger did a coaching session with a lady yesterday that's been in this situation for some time now and we talked about changing the the style of the conversation so you weren't coming to the table with all that frustration that's been going on so it, it means sitting down with a piece of paper writing down specifically what are your needs what do you want to experience more of what do you want to feel more from a relationship not what you want your partner to do for you but what you very want different to, yeah very different and you i think we may have talked i think when you came to returning point we did this on the sunday morning some years ago now but that was fascinating looking at you know, a lot of people are, yeah, but you don't do this and you don't do that. No, no, no. That's not what it's about. It's that what do you want you to experience in a relationship? What do you want to feel? What are your needs? It's not about the other person. It's about what you want to experience, not what they could do for you. It's what you want to experience, how you want it to feel. So how do you want to grow is another great question. Looking ahead now, you know, you've hit this stage wherever you're at. Question is, how do you want to grow in the future? And then another question is an important one to answer is what frustrates you? Because you're going to bring this to the table. And ideally get your partner to do the same thing. So if they're listening, great. If they're not, maybe see if they're prepared to listen to this or at least listen to this last part. But both of you, independent of each other, need to write down what are your needs? What do you want to experience in a relationship? How, this is all part one, by the way. Step one, how do you want to grow? But also what 
frustrates you. And it can, it can include what frustrates you about the relationship, but about how your partner is. That's really important. So it's slightly more directed now as well. That's a 20 minute, 30 minute, one hour, two hour process, depending on how deep you want to go. That's step one. Do you want to quiz me on that before I go to step two? No, that works. I think, is it a journal exercise? Is yeah. that what we're saying? Great, you know, you've got a journal point. written. I think journal. I think it's a good point, Harms. Get it into a journal. Piece of paper can fly around. And, you know, this is your place to just, this is my safe space to capture how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. So, and, and what energy would you say approach this with? Because we're leaving the anger, frustration at the door, but we could be creative with this. We could come from a place of, is it fair to say look we can i know we may be in a place because we are in stage three stage four where we are frustrated and angry but if we have fun with the way we're doing it for example rather than a piece of paper could we use post-it notes could we um, have fun with uh, lists or demonstrate like is is that the right energy to approach yeah, it with? I mean, look, the- whatever you feel is a good way to capture it that's a great point i mean do that i think harminder's saying to you look if you don't want to sit it down in the journal then how else can i do it flip charts <laughs> um <laughs> whatever you want to do powerpoint but, presentation but gather it in yeah powerpoint presentation <laughs> maybe not actually for your partner i think if Susie was here and we will get onto the podcast and this is what i was alluding to at the beginning is go into your core energy so if you're you know if you've got mm. feminine energy go into that play some lovely music get you into a place where you want to dance a bit freely and get back into who you are as that beautiful female person that female energy if you're a male and you listen to this you're a man and you've got a strong core masculine core then the key thing there is to go into that energy and and really get a sense of who you are and who you were when you met and what your aspirations are so and i think it's good exercise to go into a meditative state so take some deep breaths go through some calming process uh, i think there's a free couple of free videos i've talked about this if you go to my website or onto instagram or facebook i'm not sure but i seem to remember doing one where, which you helped us get out onto line not so long ago so go and do a small exercise like that where you center yourself and you bring yourself back to a, a calm place before you do the exercise not in an angry frustrated place which is a good point that harmin has raised which takes on to step two and step two is now you've got to sit down with your partner. So this is where you say to them, honey, there's some things we need to share. Or maybe if you're doing it together already and you're doing this in exercise, you both agree to spend a couple of nights doing step one. And then you agree on the third night to sit down together. You don't talk about it beforehand. There's no judgment here. And that's the whole thing. You come to the table with no judgment whatsoever, which is a tough one for a lot of people. So again, go into a good place and you sit down and you share with them, first of all, how you want the future to be. Describe the future your vision of the future. So they get a strong sense of where you want to be in the future. It's not about judgment of where you are right now, but the future. And then ask your, your partner to describe that as well, because that's important. I mean, imagine if you're both describing something completely and radically different. I mean, that in itself triggers a different conversation. But we need to find something in your description of the future that has commonality, that has that connection. Right. So, so that's the first thing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. And, and on, on the judgment note, what I think stage one does is by actually journaling and getting down this description of, you know, what are your needs? What do you want to experience? How do you want to grow? What frustrates you? That starts to remove some of that judgment because you spent some time documenting, you spent some yeah, time yeah, getting exactly. it down on paper. Yeah, so in a way it's a relief. Yeah. Yeah. It just, just sort of eases. Okay. Well, okay. That's a, a weight off my mind, a weight off my shoulder. Now I've got that on paper. And then stage two, we're really talking about uh, those elements that we've described, plus these powerful questions, which is what do you want for your future? And I think it's a good point, which is 
um, if that well, if what happens if they find no commonalities? Well, okay, what if so, they are very so, different? So the process is first of all the future. Describe the future. Now, if at that point there's no commonalities, you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper. And what I would say is, you you then share with each other. You're going to have to do this anyway. But then you say, okay, maybe this is why I'm feeling like this. And then this is where you talk about your needs, because in order to get to that future certain things may need to change you've got to to be that person in the future in this whole process by the way then certain values and beliefs need to change and you, you may have already written those down you you described how you want to grow and then you describe your frustrations and you do it in an objective way with each other you just share it to start without any kickback no but, but surely not none of that you just share it and then if there is a different future described at that point there you both go okay this makes sense this is why we're feeling like this this is where you want to go this is where i want to go this is what i want to feel this is what i you know, this is what I want to grow into. And, and these are my frustrations, but my frustrations are because I'm going in this direction, honey, and you're going in that direction. At that point there, that's a different conversation. Now, this is a conversation about, should we stay together? And this is where you've got to decide you need to get a coach. Do you go for some counseling? Well, I'm not a massive fan of counseling directly. Um, or, you know, can you, between the two of you, have an honest candid conversation about where the future is now because if this is not the path you want to go on there's no point in carrying on these two different trajectories so that question you've thrown in is a very good one because it takes us into a different path for maybe for a different uh, podcast mm, understandable however, so then what's the next step yes, however, if, if at that point there's a commonality in the futures and now you've shared your needs how you want to grow and what your frustrations are you now need to go to step three, which is what your free, your fears are. And, and so step three is, okay, these are my fears about where we're at, at the moment. I've described my frustrations and this is what I want and this is how I want the future to be. Um, you seem to want the same things, but in order to get there, something has to change. And this is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that if we carry on like this, you know, we're going to split up. We're going to have more arguments. It's going to affect the kids, whatever it is. You got to be really brutally honest. And both of you have to share your fears. And my suspicion is, a lot of those fears are common for most of the coaching I've ever done. The fears are very, very common. And you have to ask yourself the question, you know, what if we stay on this trajectory, which is going to take us to step four, but just to press pause for a minute. So just to clarify harms, the fears conversation is not like a screaming, shouting match. It's just, honey, honestly, this is what I feel is going to happen if we carry on doing this. These and, are my fears. And, and I think what my gut says to me is that one of the most common fears would be that we're just going to drift apart. Yeah. But from your experience, what are what are some maybe one or two fears that commonly pop up? How it impacts the kids, mm. what it does to you as a couple in terms of your finances, the business, because if you run a business together, um, you know, the, the impact is going to have on both your confidences. Often I get conversations with people where they're like in their late 50s or mid 50s or late 40s. And the fear is I'm not going to meet somebody else. So, the, the, you know, it depends on where they are. It culturally, what's family going to say? You know, it's Asian family. You know, we don't, we're not supposed to divorce. So it, the fears are driven often by the external impact of what it does to somebody else, what it does to themselves as a person, and what it does to their financial situation as well. There's usually three or four key things that seem to be the triggers for the fears. Um, if there's kids, that's one of the biggest fears. It's the impact it's going to have the kids and, and, and the scar it's going to leave for them. And it's the model that you're leaving for your kids as well. Interesting. And then well, once they've... Which, yeah, which kind of leads, by the way, to, you might yeah. be asking the question, is, is kind of step four, which is a, an, an expansion of step three. Can I just jump into that? Because yeah, you could argue they're the same, but they're slightly different. Step four is what are the consequences, meaning that you've described the fears initially, but then you really fast forward it and you go, look, what are the 
consequences as if we carry on like this. Let's just go there now. Let's map this out and you discuss it. You discuss what's going to happen financially. How are we going to split the portfolio? How are we going to split the business? How are we going to split the finances? What about the house? What do we do with the kids? Who's going to look after the kids? Is it you? Is it you? What about the family? I mean, if it's an Asian family or a West Indian family or a Nigerian family, or you're, you know, you come from um, somewhere in the, in, the, in the Eastern culture where maybe families are such a much stronger, and they are, I hate to say it, but I see this a lot, where I say the Western world is slightly more fractured those can be massive consequences for some people. So s- describe the consequences in detail. That's the point I want to make. And I'm talking about rip the Band-Aid off, get the finger out and prod the wound so you both really understand the massive impact of this if you don't freaking make a change. And this is what I do a lot when I'm pushing people to see if we can get them to make a transformation. Because if you're numb, you don't feel the consequences. This process takes the numbness away. It magnifies the pain, hopefully to the point where both of you say, we can't go there. I still love you, honey. We can we can find a way to solve this, but we cannot have those consequences. Mm. So what, what we're doing in this process is we're bringing awareness to the couple of, you know, what was the relationship in the first place? What is the relationship now? Is there a future for this relationship? And the only way to get them to that place is to get them to feel something. So this process is almost opening up that place so they can start to feel something. Otherwise, like you said, it's just a, a process driven approach where somebody's still getting their needs met elsewhere and then they can't quite connect their needs back to the relationship. Yeah. And, and I, I've got to be mindful that this might seem a little bit dark here. And, and if we're doing it live and I was coaching you and working with you, it would be different again, because I'd be watching your body language to make sure we don't go too dark down this rabbit hole. So step four has to have a balance to it, like everything has. It's the yin and the yang, it's the light and the dark. So in that process of step four, what you have to then do is go back to what you both saw as your vision for the future, which is step two and step one. So in looking at the consequences, you then say, but what if we can pursue this future vision that we both seem to have a common, you know, imagine we can do this. Imagine we can do that. The difference it would make for the kids. What if we changed this? What if we grew together? What if we learned this? What if we made that holiday? What if we sold the house and went and did that thing that we talked about for so long we've put off? And so what you do is you balance the consequences with something that's far greater, more beautiful. and, And for you, more real so that you make those consequences something that you're not prepared to accept and you have this belief that you can work towards something you've got a history there you've got a long history together so what if we can make it work which mm, takes us that, to step five which is what do we do next once they work through that process right. what are their choices i guess what is their next steps yeah so that is it exactly right step five is what do we do next and 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 at that point there having had that conversation in step in stage four step four you go right what do we do next? If it's a case of, honey, let's make it work. I'm so sorry. You know, I know when I first met you, there was things we did together. I want to get back involved with you. I want to grow. That's a really powerful, engaging, upbeat, self-directed, responsible, responsibility-taking process. Or you realize, you know what? There's nothing left. We're going to have to split. And that comes from the reality that the consequences, uh, you know, you already accepted it. Maybe that's already where you are. 
maybe there is no future that's the same as you mentioned earlier on and you asked that question which is a great one or the third thing is you stay the same and you just numb it and you go okay well maybe we should do something about it let's let's wait till the summer let's wait till after christmas <laughs> let's wait till after the fam- let's wait here let's wait till after the family get together let's let's wait till after johnny's birthday let's let's after wait the till remortgage or something yeah yeah let's wait till after sarah and fanny get married or you know it's just like that nah make a decision grow or separate but don't stay the same because that's just so painful that's 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 a, a staying the same is is indecision yes you can be argued that that's a decision in itself yeah. that i'm going to stay the same but it is also indecision because the there's two decisions that will make an actual change are growing or splitting and are we saying well that either are okay you know if you're at this stage either of those choices are okay now you've gone I mean, I, I don't, you know, the split, and I know this, I've been, I've been there myself, right? So the split is not an ideal. And as you said, and you started with a fantastic opener, you know, we, the, the remit here, if, if I was coming to the table or you or we were working with somebody, it's like, we want to make sure that, that let's look for a solution. Can we get this couple to grow? But if having gone through all this and, and a lot more work, ideally, it's just not going to happen. Be honest and split. Uh, otherwise, make a decision to grow and commit to it 100%. 99% is not going to do it because if it's 99%, one of you will be looking for the other person to slip up or, you know, there'll be a reason to default back to that pattern that we talked about the five stages and that could happen as well. So mm. it's, it's a powerful process. It does work and it, it, it's, it basically filters very quickly, cuts to the core of the problem. And if you do it effectively, you'll know the truth as you as a couple. This is almost a coaching session we've done today without actually being in front of somebody. Yeah, incredible. And they can work through that. Now to to just maybe put a bit of, um, because the result of this will be positive, you know, yes, the decision at that point may be really painful, even the the concept of growing, because that's going to have its own growing pains, yeah. but it's going to be painful. But in the long term, you know, that that pain disappears and you start to go on to be in a relationship that you're meant to be in or transform the current relationship into a relationship that it, it was just numb to. And it was just waiting for this process for you to embark on this process so that you could then discover that relationship was, which was just suppressed in an, in a way to describe it. Now, one question I wanted to fire back before we close off row is can this exercise or process be used earlier in the stages? So stage one, totally. and stage two, Totally. I mean, in fact, when you came to turning point, what, three or four years ago, you, you know, you were in a great relationship already as you are now, you, you know, with your lovely wife, Gina, but I took you and the other 290 something people through the similar sort of process where we looked at values and we had that exercise done because if you can do it on a regular basis or have a way of doing different steps in it on a regular basis, it gives you a chance to keep growing. And I think that's the important thing here is, is that ongoing growth process that you really do need to go through. So I, I think mm. you've raised a good point. Here. Don't make, don't wait till stage four <laughs> or five, um, get onto it as soon as, as, as you possibly can. And I'm going to, plug this because i think it is such a powerful one if you have been listening to us and following us and downloading on the free and you haven't taken the time yet to go and join us on the growth tribes i urge you if you're in a situation like we've described already and you are in a relationship and you're feeling like it's kind of heading on to stage three please go to the growth tribes spend a month with us go into the vault and look at the relationships series there because that series really tackles this subject at a different level 
and it tackles other areas that you may not and we haven't had the time to cover here on this particular podcast and I go through some pretty powerful steps that you could do very quickly as a couple to reconnect as well fantastic so wow what a what a show and by the end of this show now hopefully you've discovered the power in growing together as a couple and doing an exercise in order to not be not get yourself in a position where you are at a stage of conflict if you are in a stage of conflict now you have an exercise to work on that and work on the relationship itself but also using this preemptively to continue to grow within your relationships going back to that cliche couples that train together stay together but it's you know yeah. couples that grow together stay together couples that learn together stay together and people and by working through this episode and this process that is a form of that as well that is you know that's taking your relationship seriously showing your loved one the love that they deserve by actually going through this process so that's just a final note for myself wrote everything that we've discussed will be in the show notes at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast, especially a quick snapshot of those five action steps that Ro has shared with you. They will also be in the show notes. So once again, that's at growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. I will also link you to the relationships series that Ro just mentioned. So if you want quick access to that, you'll have a way to get to that quickly. That will also be in the show notes. So for myself and Ro, that's us signing out. We'll see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would both like to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Growth Tribes. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal level, on a professional level, to help your life, maybe even other people's lives, then we'd love it if you could take action on one of the following things. You can either simply subscribe so you don't miss out on any other great insights coming up in the future, you can share this podcast with close friends so they can also get the benefits of the tips and tools that we're sharing. Or it would be amazing if you could give us a review and let others know just how great this episode was. And finally, if you do have a question, don't forget to submit it on growthtribes.com forward slash podcast. Thank you again for listening. This is Dr. Rowan Harm signing out and we'll see you again on the next podcast.